After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about TV commercials. We talk about good ones. We talk about bad ones. And we talk about ones where people say weird shit like this. New York, the city that often naps. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today on the show, a little something we're calling Sue Me. Sue Me for what? <laughs> that was Rocky saying Sue Me for what? Sue Me for what? From Rocky Five. <laughs> You're a little disappointed. Our entire relationship, I've been telling you that Rocky has a line in Rocky Five where he says, Sue Me. Sue me for what? Right. It's what we say whenever we decide to do something that might incur some sort of legal liability. Right. We imagine telling someone that we have nothing to be sued for. But apparently he doesn't say sue me, sue me for what? He just says... Sue me for what? Sue me for what? Yeah. After he punches some... I don't, I don't know, know. R- guy in a fur Promoter, coat. Yeah. I would assume. I've I, never seen Rocky Five. Actually, yeah. I must have seen it at some point because I knew that line. Anyway, that's all the time we have for the show today. Thank you. <laughs> this is our Rocky recap podcast. <laughs> we just go through the movies. We just Actually, there probably are enough movies to now with all the sequels and stuff to do a Rocky podcast. That is from the very final scene of that movie. I wonder if there's a podcast idea around just reviewing the final scenes of movies. Ooh, I like it. What would you call it? Um, credits. Ooh, end credits. Lastly, uh, <laughs> last things first. I don't know. Okay, let's let's not come up with a new podcast idea right now. Let's focus on what we're here to do, which is to talk about. My understanding TV is that on your other show, you do mostly spend time thinking of new podcasts to do <laughs> on TVTL. Yeah. I do have a problem where I th- I keep on thinking of ideas, and I'm like, I can't just keep starting new <laughs> podcasts. It's, Seems like I'm not the only uh, person with a microphone who uh, has that temptation. Anyway, um, so why don't you explain it? Because clearly I'm taking us off the rails here. Okay, well, a couple of episodes ago, you know, I, unlike you, go back and listen to what we put out. I can't listen to myself. Um, The listeners understand. Yes. Um, I said, we said in an offhand moment, uh, unrelated to the topic at hand, that a a show about commercials that spawned lawsuits would be kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would be interesting. I bet you could find some interesting articles about that. And indeed, you can. Uh, so this show is all about uh, commercials that, and, and really advertising a little more broadly, that, that generated some sort of uh, civil legal action. Um, yeah. So thanks for uh, finding all these. There's some really interesting stories here uh, that we'll unpack. And then also we're going to check in with the Ad Council. Um, got some interesting emails from you guys. Uh, we got one person weighing in on the tagline competition for after these messages that we've been talking about. We got a, a, an email from somebody who needs help, who needs commercial help from the listening audience. Okay. And uh, And also, I think this is really interesting. We got an email from somebody who thinks he's identified a song that will definitely be used in a commercial soon. Okay, is it by Imagine Dragons? It is not by Imagine Dragons, but the email is from the lead singer of Imagine Dragons. (laughs) Um, Well, he would know. (laughs) Before we get into that, though, uh, let's take this to court. Yeah, he, yeah, he, this court is now in session. Yeah, he, yeah, he, the cold up swings. It's just about ready to do that thing. I don't want no tears. I don't want no lies. Above all, I don't want no alibis. Oh, here come the judge. Here come the judge. Everybody get 
All right. So what's up first? Well, um, this is uh, not a super... I think that... Uh, sorry. You have a whole pile I, of papers I, yeah, here. You, what you're hearing is me uh, shuffling my papes here. Um, Kim Kardashian settles lawsuit uh-huh. over lookalike in Old Navy ad. Now, this is an old story. That's what I was trying to remember if it was New World. This is from 2012. Okay. Um, Kim Kardashian's been with us a long time. Uh, but it, about but all those years ago, seven years ago, um, Old Navy ran an ad with an with an actress named Melissa Molinaro. Probably actress. Actually, it says here she's a reality star, so she's probably a triple threat. That name know. mean anything to you? No, but I also it don't. It seems like it rings a vague bell to me, but probably just because I don't know. She's a very pretty, mm. uh, you know, very curvy uh, brunette who looks. I mean uncannily like oh. like uh, Kim Kardashian really? and she certainly styled to look like her in these commercials the commercials themselves which Old Navy technically had to take down but they I don't think they made a real effort to scrub the internet of mm. them um, really do have her sad and looking like uh, Kim Kardashian and so why don't you go ahead and play this ad it's a song oh, okay. and what what you're seeing is this very beautiful actress center of the frame the whole time as like Things unfold around her. People are doing dances. She's like mm. in different scenes. She's always featured wearing like cute clothes from Old Navy. And like this, I, I assume I'm only seeing the um, first still of this, but it feels like a very 2012 video. Are, are, is the background physically moving and changing behind her? I think that's her? right. Yeah. yeah. yeah you yeah, know how some, there was this. like a real uh, run of commercials and videos mm-hmm. and things that, that use that technique. Which felt to me, and I could be totally wrong here, but it was all kind of part of this sort of glee slash. Yeah. Um. Uh. What was it? The, the pop up dances. They're not called pop up dances. Flash, Flash mobs. mobs. Yeah. You know, there was all something kind of theatrical yes. in our culture. No, there. I think you've absolutely nailed the right yeah. the tone that I'm talking about here. And this is the lyrics of this song are C U T E cute. Uh, so everything's very cute. Um, I will say, and again, this is one that I did not uh, bone up on ahead of time. And you're right. She definitely like if I told if I sent you this picture. And said that's Kim Kardashian. You wouldn't know that it wasn't. No, I would not know that it wasn't. I would ask you why you keep sending me pictures of Kim <laughs> Kardashian. It doesn't seem like something that our relationship has uh, really led to. But let's take a listen to this. Super cute today in old navy jeans. Now from just nineteen fifty. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it. That is terrible. Well, it's you're not the target audience. No, I am. You're not, not getting out of any traffic citations <laughs> with your super cute with my jeans. Cute jeans. That I scene tried. near the end where she's um, she's standing on the checkout counter at an old navy while dancers dance around her, and uh-huh. she's wearing an all white blouse and white pants. She, you really, she looks. In like absolutely like Kim Kardashian, and I think that outfit must be one or similar to one that Kim's fairly well known for wearing because it evokes to me who doesn't watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians mm-hmm. is not like I'm no super fan. Um, even to me, it evokes Kim's image really strongly. Did uh, this uh, lawsuit focus on that particular outfit, or that's just something that stuck out? To that just you? stuck out to me. Yeah. Like I think it's sort of unmistakable. So Kim Kardashian did sue. She sued for twenty million dollars, um, and 
uh, she, her argument was that uh, it appro- misappropriated her personality. Um, and at the time, this is kind of interesting, Molinaro was reportedly also dating Reggie Bush, who Kim Kardashian used to date. Oh, so really? He really has a type. <laughs> I guess so. Or this woman is just trying to, like, zelig, or not, zelig is the wrong thing, is just trying to recreate her She's life. She's trying to single white female Kim yeah, Kardashian. Right. Yeah, there right. There you go. Um, she's trying to us Kim Kardashian. Mm. Go see it, people, if you haven't seen it. It's great. Um, this is this article was clearly... This is an article from... Uh, whatchamacallit? Oh, Hollywood Reporter. This article ha- was written right after the, the Old Navy settled the claim, and they settled out of court for an undisclosed sum, so we don't know what the terms of that settlement were. But the Hollywood Reporter was having none of it, so they essentially like wrote out what the argument that Gap would have... Gap is old, uh-huh. owns Old Navy. What yeah. Gap would have had to argue in court to listen to this. No trial will mean that the Gap won't attempt to show that the Kardash- that Kardashian couldn't support her claim that the commercial damaged her brand value, nor that Kardashian couldn't sing and dance as well as Mar- Molinaro. <laughs> it will also mean that Kardashian's lawyers won't call to testify members of the media who reported about Old Navy's marketing plans. Um, so I just really like this. I like this because, I mean, I think I bet you that they settled because they knew they'd lose it in court. I think that her image is so. Cl- for one thing, her image is her livelihood, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think they've clearly styled this woman in such a way as to make her evoke Kim Kardashian. And I mean, that's... You think that Old Navy settled because they think yeah. they'd lose in court. I yeah. also think that, like, and we're going to talk about another one coming up that's... I mean, a lot of these cases settled. get settled yeah. because they just, they quote, don't want the distraction, which is sometimes true and sometimes a dodge, I And think. also, I think, I mean, money is good, but I think in some of these two, the person who is suing essentially just wants a cease and desist more than anything. They just want it to stop. They just want it to stop. Yeah. That's how people describe this show, too. They yeah. just want it hey, to stop. Hey, there's a tagline. <laughs> um, in fact, I want to kind of, uh, you know, let's just jump ahead to that one. Is that okay? Can we talk about the Woody Allen Heck lawsuit? Yeah. Now, this is not it's a commercial. This one is about a billboard, which is slightly out of our beat, but I think the, we're qualified. The to dazzling tell this story. details in this story were too much. I've the whole article is highlight is a highlight. <laughs> and this is uh, from the New York Times uh, from back in 2009. I want to say. Look, literally every line. <laughs> She's underlined every line of that article. 2009, and this involves American Apparel slash Dove Charney, if I'm saying his name right. Yes. That crazy mf'er. Oh, that crazy mf'er. Now, is American Apparel just like flat out? I think it is gone, gone now. Gonzo I don't think good. the brand exists. There might somebody might have bought the the name. Yeah, I think I'm sure they have some brand that. equity that they were able to offload. But every store that I know in Seattle is yeah. Gone. I don't think there are any yeah stores anymore. It's too bad they their clothes were overpriced and and I was 20 years too old and I was never really the right size to wear any of them. Yeah, so it sounds too bad. No, but what I enjoyed about American Apparel <laughs> was that they were were a reliable source of amazing. News story. Yeah, no, that is like true. if I were a business reporter, that would have been my only beat. Yeah, no, the guy was crazy, um, and he, he kind of loved being crazy. I think, um, but the original vision of the store, which I gotta give, if you have to, if you can give any credit to Dove Charney, the idea of the everything being made here yeah, and trying to support it was all made in L.A. and yeah, like not just in the United States but in L.A. and trying to support workers, right? Yeah, like legitimately, or did he end up facing lawsuits? I think he actually had some issues even with his 
with their garment staff. Really? He certainly treated the women who worked with him more in a marketing capacity in a not super great way. Yes, and that's what actually leads to this story. There were allegations against him for, you know, uh, acting inappropriately and I guess just straight up sexual misconduct in the workplace. I mean, I think up to and including rape really? and sexual assault. Really? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. he was really bad. Jeez. He was one of those one of those uh, cultures where he was the cult of personality. Mm-hmm. He was a, a larger-than-life megalomaniac who ran it like a dictatorship. He had all these very young, I mean, you remember the, the billboards, like, and the yeah, magazine the ads. Yeah, like the wafy. Wafy, super young women. And he surrounded himself with these beautiful, young, attract, you know, women. Mm-hmm. And created a culture where sexual harassment was just like, that's just what you sign up for. You and, know? and the image in those billboards, you saw a lot of them in L.A., although you'd see them other places, too. They weren't just beautiful, very young, very wavy women, but they were shot in this kind of arty way. But it very, all looked like sex crimes. Very gritty. And yeah. it all did kind of evoke a, a very kind of, you know, uncomfortable. A voyeuristic. Voyeuristic. It, it did sometimes seem like you were like peeping in on something after something bad Now, happened. was Terry Richardson part of that whole situation? He's that disgusting yeah, photographer. My guess who's is Who's like assaulted a million there. women. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so the actual workplace allegations against Dove Charney apparently led him this is where things don't make sense led him to create a billboard this is back in 2009 yes and the billboard is a picture of Woody Allen yeah so this is a lot of intersecting cultural uh, markers here Uh, you've seen Annie Hall I have as have I'm sure many of our listeners there's a scene in Annie Hall where Woody Allen the Jewish boyfriend is meeting the waspy family of Annie's waspy family, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's kind of half at the dinner or at the brunch or whatever and half talking to the camera about his experience uh, and how different it is from his, like, loud, more ethnic family, Jewish mm-hmm. family. And at one point, he imagines that the grandmother, who is kind of glaring at him, is seeing him in, like, full Hasidic Jewish regalia, mm-hmm. right? With, like, the hat and the hair and the beard and everything. Mm-hmm. And so there's a shot from that movie that seems like slightly out of context for the rest of the movie, but it's a fantasy of him dressed like a Hasidic Jew. Mm -hmm. So what Dove Charney did was just take that photo, plaster it onto a pick a still of that scene, plaster it onto the billboard. There's some writing in Hebrew at the top, which I don't know what it what it means or says. Um, And then it just has like the American Apparel logo. Mm hmm. Uh, do you want to play a little? You know, should I? I was going sure. to. Uh, I mean, so I, this is as long from... as we're not in any way financially supporting Woody Allen. Take a listen. So this is, I believe they're actually at Easter dinner. So that lays another level of like right. Christian Jewish <laughs> yes. tension on this whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I could be wrong. And the reason I actually landed on this is I'm trying to remember because Annie Hall, I was, you know, obviously Woody Allen is very problematic. I don't watch his movies anymore, but I really did love Annie Hall. I mean, honestly, it was I one will of tell my you, favorite I, movies of all time. I watched the scene earlier today to get the oh, context for it. And the scene where he, where he where it flashes on him in that getup. Uh-huh is not commented on in the audio at Yeah, all. and I'm just wondering, is it even worth playing this? The reason I came to this is because Annie Hall calls her grandmother something. She has a nickname, and she's kind of apologetic for her grandmother being anti-Semitic, and she's like, that's just... Gammy or whatever. Gammy, do, but, it, but it's a funny name. But I, I guess I'll play a little bit of this. It's a nice ham this year, Mom. Oh, yeah. Grammy always does such a good oh, job. I guess it's just Grammy. I thought it was something uh, that stood out more. Anyway, this is going well. Great sauce. 
It is. It's dynamite ham. They're eating ham. We went over to the swap pit. Annie, Graham, and I got some nice picture frames. We really had a good time. Anne tells us that you've been seeing a psychiatrist for 15 years. <coughs> yes, I'm making excellent progress. Pretty soon when I lie down on his couch, I won't have to wear the lobster bib. <laughs> at one point during that, like, it's just uncomfortable all the way around. Yeah. But at one point, the uh, Grammy looks over and you just see Woody Allen instead of being a Woody Allen's probably like in his early 40s here playing probably his 30s. And uh, he looks over and he's just full-on dating Hasidic and Jew. Someone in his, their teens. Yeah. No, actually, I'm sure he was dating Diane Keaton at that point. Okay. Anyway, uh, weird place to take it. So, um, so Dove Charney takes that shot right. of the weird wigged Hasidic Jew uh, Woody Allen and just makes a billboard of it. Mm-hmm. And he says he's doing this in reaction to the sexual harassment charges well, against this him. Has, this sounds like something he made up on the spot <laughs> long after the suit had been filed. Um, he says, uh, he says uh, American Apparel asserted that Allen's likeness isn't worth $10 million. That's what Woody Allen sued for because a sex scandal had tarnished his reputation. This isn't the sex scandal you're thinking of, by the way, folks. It's the previous one yeah, this is about Sunni Previn, yeah. uh, the adopted daughter of Mia Farrow. Uh, Mr. Charney has also been the subject of highly publicized charges about sexual conduct, including several sexual harassment lawsuits brought by former employees. Mr. Charney said, and here's the part you were talking about, the charges, which he denies, left him feeling so misunderstood that he could strongly identify with Alvy Singer, Mr. Allen's character in Annie Hall, which is a nonsensical response. Yes. And even if you do have some sort of uh, association with that, or that's how you feel, just to buy a big billboard with no comment that yeah. is just a single shot of Woody Allen dressed up like a Hasidic Jew and it just says American Peril It's on amazing it. they left him in that CEO chair as long as they did. He says, this is Charney again, I think this case was about the dignity of ideas and I'm not sorry for expressing myself. And if anyone knows about the dignity of ideas, it's Dove Charney. I'm assuming Dove Charney's Jewish. I don't know. I have found myself on a he website He also tried called... to hug Woody Allen's lawyer at the yes! proceedings. yes. That's the weirdest, dazzling detail of the whole thing. It says that um, Dove Charney did not approach Woody Allen. I'm just paraphrasing here from the New York Times. Didn't approach him. But afterwards, Dove Charney did try to hug Mr. Allen's lawyer. And the lawyer backed away. And you're getting the article again. Charney said he did it out of respect to his enemy or something. Quote, I was just saluting my opponent. I was saluting my opponent. I wish I had video of that awkward hug that that's a great article that's my favorite kind of news story because you can t- comfortably be team no one uh-huh and yeah. you can just root against everyone In, anyway they had to settle it. they settled for 5k yeah. no 5m oh 5m right <laughs> woody allen went out and he rented a parking spot for a half hour he sued for 10 million settled for 5 million and it's weird, though, because I made the argument before that really Woody Allen just wanted kind of a cease and desist. Well, yeah. But in the the billboard had already been taken down by the time they settled. But I guess if you're protecting your image, you want to send a signal to other people yes. who might this try. Is about, this is a prophylactic measure. And and I think Woody Allen's quote here was, was accurate. I mean, I don't I mean, I think of all the sins you can lay at Woody Allen's feet. Like being particularly money grubbing probably isn't one of them. I mean, he's got more money they could ever use. Um 
he says, this is Alan, it is, of course, possible that by going to trial, a jury might have awarded me more money, but that's not how I make my living. This is the funniest thing to me, actually. Doug Charney claimed that um, it was fair game to use that image because it was intended as parody. Yeah, which just doesn't hold up there. Like, he, the parody doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah, not in this case, and especially when you're you're clearly associating your brand with it. I mean, it's a billboard for a store. It says American Apparel on yeah, it. It's and- not like he, it's not like he took this image and used it in some like you know, National Lampoon or uh, even like an op-ed piece to repurpose, to repurpose it in any it way. He just, just stole he just the image. And then put his company's name on yeah. it. Like that no. <laughs> That word. It does not mean what you think it means. Exactly. All right, let's get into Anyway, I, I sincerely, I mean, I'm glad Dove Charney's not like allowed to be around people anymore or whatever his punishment is, but um, I do miss him in the news. I looked up to see whether or not he was Jewish. Uh, the first result was a website called Jew or Not Jew. <laughs> I have passed. Yeah, don't click on that, I please. have passed. Um, okay, so let's go to this very latest incident, which is something that you and I have been kind of talking about off the air quite a bit, and I guess a little bit on the air, and it uh, harkens back to this last Super Bowl. One of the most talked about commercial campaigns that come out of the Super Bowl was, of course, the Bud Light commercials. Um, There was one that was an amazing kind of crossover with Game of Thrones. Which we loved. Which we absolutely loved, and basically the Bud Light Knight gets killed in it in a very kind of brutal way that echoes a Game of Thrones scene. Um, But that was just the... I don't know, first or second commercial for Bud Light that aired during the game. There were several others where the ongoing storyline was about how uh, somehow the brewers of Bud Light ended up with a bunch of extra corn syrup and they don't use misdelivery. Yeah, Yeah, misdelivery. And so they're going around to all of the other um, cheapo beers uh, saying, hey, we have your corn syrup for you, taking a direct kind of uh, target at Miller Lite, saying, yeah. we have your corn syrup because you put corn syrup in your beer, and we don't. We're Bud Light. No corn syrup. Um, now, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. I think it was a misstep in the advertising campaign. The whole Dilly Dilly campaign was supposed to be about not being snobs and not talking about what's in the yeah. beer. It's supposed to be the every person's beer. But um, in this case, they decided to just take total shots at... Miller Lite and accuse them of putting of putting uh, corn syrup in their beer. And of course, we live in an age where corn syrup is very vilified. Um, now, you explained on the show a couple of weeks ago that uh, corn syrup is not an ingredient in this. And Miller Lite has actually took out a full page ad, I think, in the New York Times yes. after the Super Bowl saying there's no corn syrup in our beer. Yeah, it's a fermentation agent. So by the time it's it, it functions the same way that rice functions in Bud Light. It's just it's just part of the process, but you it's not it has no more corn syrup in mm-hmm. the end product than than Bud Light does. In fact, uh, plenty of Anheuser Busch products uh, do use corn syrup as their fermentation agent, um, including Bon and Viv, who were also advertising oh, yeah, during right. the uh, Super Bowl for the first time. How we first heard about and uh, Stella Artois. Right. So this has caused a, a lot of stir in the industry. And I actually I have a commercial I want to tell you about that's very new that's related to this. But I did not know until you put this in here that this actually led to a straight up lawsuit. Yes. Now Miller's Miller Coors, which mm-hmm. is the company that owns Miller Lite, uh, is just straight up suing Anheuser-Busch, which owns Bud Light. Yeah, they're claiming that... Um uh, Anheuser-Busch purposely misled consumers into believing that there is corn syrup in Coors Light and Miller Light when there is not. 
um, and quote, Anheuser-Busch is fear-mongering over a common beer ingredient that's used, by the way, in many of its own beers as a fermentation aid. They're pissed. They are pissed. And so, again, I thought it was a misstep in the whole Dilly Dilly campaign, which was finally winning me over. I feel like it is just... Just in terms of the theme. Just in the theme, it seems to be like turning your entire thesis and doing a 180 on it, which doesn't make sense to me from just kind of an advertising standpoint. Um, But also, it's just like shaken up so much stuff that I didn't realize what was going on. So now you have a lawsuit going on. But there was also um, some sort of... uh, Well, I think we've talked on the show that U.S. beer sales are down, like especially for Bud Light and these mass-produced beers because people are drinking other cocktails and, and... like malt type of beverages uh, and fancy beers, right? And so, um, and I'm reading here from CNBC. Yeah, CNBC. Um, There was like an alliance that was supposed to be between the biggest U.S. beer producers. The Wall Street Journal reported that Miller Coors pulled out of a meeting scheduled with uh, AB InBev. Yep. Heineken. AB InBev is uh, Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch. Heineken and Constellation Brands. The four beer companies had been discussing teaming up for a national ad campaign to revive U.S. beer sales for more than a year. Then the Super Bowl commercial runs... And Bud Light is taking a direct shot at Miller and just like, and what like, the F? We were working on a campaign yeah. together and now that's falling apart. I like imagining, apart. by the way, because so we've seen this kind of advertising before where it's like for a type of thing, like mm-hmm. a commodity, like, you know, pork, the other white meat. Yeah. Uh, milk, it does a body good. Yeah. You know, beef, it's what what's for dinner or whatever. All of those are, are the thi- like we're an industry. Association. Association, yeah. which in this case, it sounds like it's not like a, an association, but, you know, you still the same idea. It's like it's not one beer or another. It's like drink beer. Mm-hmm. I really am sad, sincerely, <laughs> sincerely <laughs> That we won't see sad. the fruits of that. We don't get to see the fruits of that because. Yeah. Drink more beer? Right. How do you say that in a way that doesn't sound heinous? Well, again, and I just sort of feel like it would have been part of a campaign that would have had this similar message to the Dilly Dilly, which is just kind of like... Right. We're American beer. Sure. We're, it's not focused, you know, maybe we taking shots at the snobs yeah. or whatever. Of Just course, like at the end of a long day, cracking a cold one. Right. And what's more, of course, one of these is a Heineken, which I must be owned by an American brewer, but still now, has yeah. very German uh, I believe it is uh, oh, not German, something else. Dutch. Uh, yeah, Holland. Something, Holland, yeah. Uh, anyway, so now that's fallen apart, that whole alliance, which, by the way, I think... When I first read it, and then when I first told you about it, we both had the same reaction, which was, is that Monopoly, you know, circling the wagons like that? But I don't think so. collusion or something? I think for advertising purposes, you can do that. If they start, like, price fixing, obviously, you get into some issues. Yeah, I mean, my university I work for is, like, in a a partnership with with our other, with another university. You know, we're not for-profit things, but, like, we're working with a, what is nominally a competitor to like advance the idea that public college is good for people. So I feel like Bud Light had a good thing going and I feel like they did something dumb. Just not even because I care about Miller Light's feelings about this. I just don't agree with their decision to take the oh, ad campaign Can I just here. read a real oh, quick? Yeah. I love these quotes. I, uh, this is just God bless the New York Times. This is from, so I, I read you the thing like, this is lib- deliberately fear-mongering over a common beer ingredient. That was uh, Miller Coors. This is Miller. This is Anheuser-Busch. The campaign is intended to point out a key difference from Miller Light and Coors Light. 
Those beers are brewed with corn syrup. Bud Light is not. These are facts. These are facts. <laughs> yeah, that stood out to me too. Just like twist of the knife. I love it. These are facts. I mean, what are you going to do? That's science. Ours These is- are facts. <laughs> they make theirs with cancer-causing right. agents. Ours is toasted. Ours is toasted. All right. So anyway, you know how I feel about the Bud Light decisions here, but I definitely disagree with Miller Light's reaction to this. You they this, are you not. You think the suit is stupid? Well, overall, the the suit is fine. I don't care about that. Um, but in their commercials and in taking out the full page New York Times paper, they are bi- they're adding to the narrative mm-hmm. in a way, and they are acting irrationally. Like, I feel like they're but, they're too butthurt for one of probably one of the biggest companies in the world, probably the top thirty companies yeah. in the world. They're acting petulant. They're so emotional. They're acting like they've been bullied on the playground. Yeah. And we see it in taking out the full page ad in the New York Times, which I still think doesn't set... I don't think it sets the record straight. It just adds more fuel to well, the Bud Light thing. I would thing. be really curious to know if that's true. And I think you could only really get at that with some polling. But like, if I had not... If they had not made a big deal, a big stink about it and like made the whole thing about, no, it's a fer- it's a fermentation aid. It's no different from the rice that they use. Mm-hmm. I, d- I wouldn't know. Like if, if you... If I had only seen the Bud Light side of the story, I might think like, oh, maybe they're... You know, because there's corn syrup and everything and it's in surprising places. Mm-hmm. Like as someone who like tries to watch what I eat, like you can get surprised by, pro- by foods that have... Um, st- like carbohydrates or sugars or corn syrup in them without realizing that that would be a logical place for them. So I'm actually grateful that Miller Coors has set the record straight. I'm someone who follows commercials, so I'm not like a representative audience, but I am at least, you know, not under any misimpression about there being more or less sugar or corn corn syrup in one beer over another. Okay, so you like the newspaper ad. I generally think over. Overall, they are just putting, they're adding way When you're explaining, you're losing. Yeah, I just feel like they're adding way too much fuel to this fire with a bunch of their actions. And this is what I'm trying to get at here. They have a new commercial that is running now that opens up. This is a Miller Lite commercial, but where it opens up, it looks like it's a Bud Light Dilly Dilly commercial. We've talked about this. Oh, yeah, I've seen this one. Yes. So we talked about the Super Bowl ad that didn't involve the cornstarch, but it was the death of the Bud Light night, right? Yeah. Well, this commercial opens on an aerial shot, very Game of Thronesy, of the Bud Light night dead in the middle of the screen, laying on the ground, and a bunch of people, like a lot of chaos around him. And so you're like, wow, this is the follow-up commercial to the dead Bud Light night commercial. But then you quickly realize as the camera pans out that this is a behind-the-scenes look at the making of that commercial, supposedly. You see a director yell, cut, and you see the actors, like the Bud Light Knight gets up and takes off his helmet, and everybody's just kind of breaking for a little bit. And as the commercial goes on, they some people go into a break room or a break tent or something like that, and there's a refrigerator full of Bud Light for them to drink, and next to it is a refrigerator full of Miller Light and all of the people who are working on this Bud Light commercial go and grab a Miller Light. So take a listen to this. Okay, got it. Got it. Cut, cut, cut. Everybody, please, the prop beer on the ground, please. Clear you back to the tent, please. 
this guy, run back to the tent. You actually hear somebody say, please leave the prop beer on the ground, please. And then somebody yells, all right, everybody, back to the tent. The Bud Light Knight, when he takes off his helmet, is just kind of a nerdy guy. He puts on with, his nerd glasses. With glasses, and yeah. he walks back to the tent with the other actors. Grabs a Miller Light, and then on the screen it says, in the real world, more taste is what matters. More taste and half the carbs of Bud Light. But essentially, they used all of the imagery of the Dilly Dilly campaign. Including real branding of Bud Light. Yeah, now, they're using it somewhat cleverly. You see a Bud Light Knight who is broken on the ground. You see fire burning around Bud Light They boxes. take a lot of the sort of magic out of it by showing him as just this sort of like nerdy little guy. He's not like a big imposing you know, person under the costume. Right. But I want to call bullshit on something here because I have a friend who works for Coca-Cola and we went out to dinner and she couldn't even eat in a restaurant that sold Pepsi. She had to with check. With you? With me. I mean, if she wanted her work to pay it's, for Oh, it. okay, right. Not in her personal life. I mean, but, I assume right. not. But like, like nothing that Coke was going to pe- touch could have anything to do with Pepsi. You so, worked for you worked for a company. Uh, Microsoft was your main client. Yeah. You couldn't pull out an iPhone. I couldn't have an iPhone. I couldn't have a yeah anything. So uh, we couldn't send them links that we had found through Google. We had to sh- we oh. had to Bing things that we found. Jesus. Um, anyway, but- so my point is there is no flipping way that on a Bud Light commercial shoot there is a fridge full of Miller. So. Verisimilitude doesn't work on that level, but also you've just made a whole commercial full of Bud Light imagery yeah. again. You're like Miller Light before this all started, before the Super Bowl, Miller Light was actually, I felt like getting back to basics with their advertising campaign. They changed their logo a little bit, so it was kind of a simplified version of their. Miller Lite can, which I never thought of a Miller Lite can as being iconic before, but they did some simple illustration of it that made it iconic and gave me a good feeling about it. One of the reasons we started drinking Miller Lite or I started drinking Miller Lite is because a friend pointed out that um, they're a union shop. There's like so many good things Miller Lite could just be doing on its own instead of being, they're acting like such petulant babies that got their feelings hurt on the playground, and they're making a lot of bad marketing decisions because of it, I think. I guess so. I mean, I stand by my my assertion that I am glad to know the facts about the corn syrup debate. And so I agree with you that, like, they've really leaned into this defensive position that they've taken with Bud Light. Um, they've totally given up their own narrative. But I, yeah, but I do think that um, they were smart to at least get the word out about what that what that corn syrup thing meant sure okay fine take out one page ad in the newspaper and be done with it but they just keep i mean this commercial astounds me when i saw this on tv i rewinded i couldn't believe how stupid it was because mostly you just take away the bud light imagery and colors and all of that stuff. yeah and i was reading there was an interesting quote i should have dug into it more about comparing this to the cola wars and in a certain way like the cola wars weren't really good for cola oh interesting yeah but i need to maybe fact check that more but um certainly god knows we're drinking plenty of soda in this country certainly like when one that's who they should go after go after soda certainly when one company is like so big that they just totally stole the narrative like it just you, I, I don't know. It's just pathetic, and you lose your own ground, I think. Well, would you like to know someone else that had a beef with Anheuser-Busch? Yeah, I love this story. <laughs> this is a couple years old. This is from 2015. Um, 
But somebody su- somebody named Richard Overton sued Anheuser-Busch uh, on the grounds that Bud Light is, quote, shown to be the source of fantasies coming to life. Um, and none of those fantasies came to life for him mm-hmm. when he drank lots and lots of Bud Light. Does it say what kind of fantasies? I thought it had some sort of like... Fantasies involving otherwise impossible manifestations of scenic tropical settings, beautiful women and men engaged in endless and unrestricted merriment. <laughs> So, you know, we've all seen them, right? I mean, how many it's the it's a it's a parody. It's an oft parodied yeah. type of beer commercial where like it's I mean, Corona has made a a whole, you know, mm-hmm. endless campaign of it, but this idea that you you know, you open a beer and suddenly the pool fills with water and mm-hmm. a bunch of hot babes appear, the b- Swedish bikini team. Mm-hmm. This is long after the Swedish bikini team, but they really made an impression. You shower a bunch of feminists with beer. And <laughs> yes, that, that Swedish, was the Simpsons version, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, you lived in an era, I think we've talked about this on this show before, haven't we? Where there was a bikini team. Yeah, what were they? What's a bikini team? How did they compete? Who did they compete against? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Warsaw bikini team. The Polish bikini team. Um, I think Warsaw is... Oh, well, you, That's what I meant, yeah. because Sweden isn't a city. Um, the, uh, uh, so this, his, his case was thrown out. Um, the appellate court observed that such a grandiose suggestion that Bud Light is the source of fantasies coming to life was, quote, mere puffery. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long-recognized concept under the law that uh, amounts to a salesman's praise of his or her own wares involving uh, estimates or judgments upon which a reasonable person may differ. But I, I like that mere puffery is a legal term yeah. and like a legal measurement. Exactly. So, uh, you know, don't take it too literally. And there were there were a bunch of other. I found this in a list of like crazy lawsuits mm. inspired by companies and their claims. And um, Red Bull gives you wings got sued because I guess they don't actually give you wings. Not all by the same guy. I no, assume. no. These are all there are enough crazies to go right. around. It wasn't literally that they thought they would have wings, but more that they thought that would like make them more like agile and athletic. And it does give you energy. I mean, I think you'd have yeah. to say Red Bull does give you energy. But thinking of like the York, I think that got thrown out. Too. York peppermint patties. Didn't they always? Oh, no, no. People were having fantasies in those commercials. Yes. Right. OK. So that what if you stood up on your table and pretended you were a skier and then the table broke underneath you? Could you sue? Your peppermint patties or the table maker? There was someone who uh, like went to prison for stomping on someone, and he sued Nike for making a shoe that was a deadly weapon. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, that was also thrown out. The won. thing is, there are a million crazy lawsuits sure, that you yeah. can find, but I tried to find ones that actually proceeded that didn't get thrown out immediately because any crazy person can file a suit. It's like anyone can write a crazy tweet. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's tw- it's trending. What do you want to talk about now? I'm familiar with this Lindsay Lohan one. I was reading up on this today. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, what was the Lindsay Lohan one? This is E-Trade Milkaholic. Oh, yeah. I forgot to print that one out. This but, is from 2010. But this one's a fun story, and I remember when it happened. Um, so we actually have the E-Trade ad, which somehow is still, still up. But E-Trade, uh, for those who don't know, is kind of like a, you know, it's like online, do your own trades stock market trades kind of thing and kind of an early internet company yeah yeah consumer i think that's true and they for for years they had babies as spokespeople that they would like have 
the baby's mouths kind of move and then like adult voices voicing over it. It was so weird. It was like, look who's talking to. It was look who's talking. I think the intention. No, it was look who's talking to. Excuse me. I think the intention was that like even a baby can do it sort Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. So in this commercial that we're going to play now, you hear a male voice, which is a baby talking about how easy it is to trade. And then there's a female voice of a girl baby who's sort of like, uh, sort of nagging at him or picking mm-hmm. at him. Uh, and then there's a third voice at the end of another girl baby. And it's important to know that these two babies, the original two babies, are Skyping. You yes, see the edge me. of the keyboard. So they're not in the same room together. And he's explaining why he didn't he didn't call her the I think so, yeah. He was doing some trades. So, yeah, sorry about last night. Yeah, I just don't understand why you didn't call. Yeah, well, I, I was on E-Trade, you know, diversifying my portfolio, taking control like a wolf. Right. <laughs> What's that? That's volatility in the market. <laughs> taking care of. Wolf style. Oh, oh, oh! And that milkaholic Lindsay wasn't over? And then... A suddenly, third baby appears. On his, there was a third baby. There was a third baby in his room and it's Lindsay the milkaholic Lindsay Milka what she just pops into the screen there and says Milka what and how did this lead to a lawsuit well Lindsay Lohan this was right around the time that Lindsay Lohan was like at the nadir of her various legal troubles and and substance abuse troubles and Mm. of course you know that is not something to joke about or or take lightly and I'm sure she's you know had a had a rough go of it she sued on the grounds that the name using the name Lindsay and referring to Lindsay being any kind of a holic mm-hmm. uh, was an obvious shot at her um and so uh I forget how this one resolved but uh I thought it was another settlement I think they may have settled yeah lawsuit it. settled it doesn't say the details of it yeah um but you can still find the the commercial online so either it hasn't been taken down or it's been you know lightly scrubbed from the internet meanwhile lohan uh, reading here from cbs news from an article of the time meanwhile lohan still has a warrant out for her arrest after she acknowledged via twitter failing a drug test less than a month after being released from rehab the reason she was a milkaholic she was a milkaholic here's the deal i read this now so this is 2010 uh the year currently is 2019 case anybody's trying to figure that out um so this is almost a decade old and for me right now it seems like such a stretch we're like milkaholic named Lindsay. yeah there are tons of people named Lindsay, but in at the, moment, the time in the moment yeah. Lindsay meant one thing and um you would you know you hear Lindsay, you think of Lindsay lohan and you know it reminds me a little bit of um I can't believe she's, why is her name out of my head? Uh, five years before this, the great meltdown of the of oh, Britney Britney Spears. Yeah. You know, if you had if you had shown someone who was named Britney, like with mm-hmm. an umbrella at that time, like yeah. it would have been no question who you were talking about, right? Or a, a substance abuse yeah. situation like this too. You know, so. I don't know. They ended up settling, so I guess neither... Oh, here, they reportedly settled for $100 million, um, and it was a Super no, Bowl. No, it just and- says they settled the $100 million oh, she had oh, filed. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. I don't think she got $100 million. I was like, wow, that is a lot. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one, because that one actually is, sort of feels like the Dove Charney argument of like satire almost does fit better there, doesn't it? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean... 
I don't know that I think you could claim it was satire, but that it was defaming of her. And if someone might reasonably believe that, I mean, we probably have lawyers who know way more about the the rules here. But, um, you know, if if you might reasonably uh, see that as defaming of her, which I think you can. And I think you're right. Like now it doesn't strike as much of a of a note. But I do think back then, yeah, there was kind of only one Lindsay, mm-hmm. and it's Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> no, it was Lindsay Lohan. Um, well, I didn't read this uh, yogurt one. I don't like yogurt. I don't like reading about yogurt. This one, is this a good one? I like this one. This one has some fun dazzling deets. Um, this is from 2010, so it's a few years old now. Um, Dannon makes Activia, which is... Ooh, the poop and the yogurt. The poop yogurt. Thank you. We all know it's the poop yogurt. It was advertised for many years by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and uh, it was always touting it as like having really good bacteria that would make your digestive system healthier, mm. right? Including using words like clinically and scientifically proven to regulate digestion and boost immune systems. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this, counselor. Um, yeah, there was it was not clinically proven. <laughs> um, Jamie Lee Curtis called also called the yogurt tasty, which I would say was also <laughs> not proven. Cli- not clinically proven. Yeah. Um, so this one really got like uh, Dannon was like because the fact is yogurt, generally speaking, has bacteria, good bacteria for your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is good for you digestively for the most part. Like when you have an antibiotic, often a doctor will tell you like eat more yogurt because it'll like, you know, keep the good gut flora from mm-hmm. dying out in your belly. Um, so this one really came down uh, against Dannon. A judge ruled, this was a judge in Cleveland, ruled that Dannon must pay consumers up to $45 million in damage under the terms of a class action settlement. It was class action? Yeah, because wow. it was like everyone who was affected by it. Because the reason they were saying it was um, uh, illegal or that it was uh, liable was that they were charging like 30% more for this yogurt that wasn't really any better than mm-hmm. any other yogurt. Yeah, but theirs was toasted. But theirs was toasted. But there's a good quote in here. This is one of the plaintiffs. Uh, I saw the ad on TV and I went to the market specifically to buy it, said Wiener, who suffers from stomach problems. Mm. And there was absolutely no change whatsoever in my digestive system. Mm. Got real personal there. Yes. Um, okay, so that's a oh class my God. action Wiener, uh, Trish Wiener is the, is the plaintiff and her lawyer's name is Timothy Blood. Not great names. Not great names. The team of Wiener Blood. Wiener and Blood. Suing over the poop yogurt. <laughs> oh, God. Why was the headline on ABC <laughs> News not Wiener and Blood win poop yogurt Pre- lawsuit? Prevailing poop yogurts. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so anyway. Oh, we have fun. Uh, okay. They, now. They done lied about their oh, poop yogurt. One thing I was just going to throw in here. It wasn't really a lawsuit, but this that reminds me of this a little bit. When we first started the show over three years ago now, um, I remember one of the stories we talked about were the Rob Lowe DirecTV ads. Remember those yes. that were huge. It was like, mm-hmm. hi, I'm Rob Lowe. I use DirecTV. And then, hi, I'm Weakling Rob Lowe, right. and I use cable. And then they go through all the... They were kind of iconic in, at the time. I mean, everybody knew them. They talked about them. Iconic's the wrong word, but we'll just move on. Um, they were very, very popular uh, and loved, I think. Yeah, they were. They were very buzzy. Yeah, and... Um, I remember that those that whole campaign came to an end because 
Xfinity, they didn't sue, but they filed a complaint with the Better Business Bureau and said these claims that DirecTV is making about cable are not true. You know, some of the actual, not the jokes, but some of the actual claims about cable service. And they just decided just to dump the whole campaign. I still think in the back of my head, there were probably some other reasons. Maybe the Rob Lowe contract was coming up to an end anyway, or they were thinking about moving in a different direction. Who? Maybe they just felt like it was yeah. time, and this was the straw that broke the camel's back. But I remember like that complaint to the Better Business Bureau basically ended one of the most popular kind of like Sunday football campaigns yes. that had been going on for a long time. Yeah, they and they were really devoted to it, and they ran in heavy rotation. They made a million of them, and he wasn't the only actor that they did that with, like that premise with. He wasn't. Oh, did I they wa- start off being different people and then they locked into I Rob Lowe? say, later? don't quote me on this, but somebody like Peyton Manning, there was like, I'm blank, I'm Peyton Manning and I'm blank, blank Peyton Manning. Pey- it was, Pey- I think it was Peyton yeah. Manning. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it's weird. They just like, were like, oh, new idea. Let's have a new idea. I want to see if I can find that. You know, we're doing a lot of talking and we haven't um, played many commercials, which is really what people tune in for. Um, oh, yeah, I think, high voice Peyton Manning. Oh, high voice Peyton Manning. I'm Peyton Manning, and I have DirecTV. And I'm really high voice Peyton Manning, <laughs> and I have cable. Only DirecTV lets you watch NFL Sunday ticket games live on all your devices. With cable, I can't do that. It's like... <laughs> I take all the games with me. I sing with the four tunesmen. Don't be like this, me. Get NFL Sunday ticket only on DirecTV. These were so great. They were really good. I, I had forgotten about that, but you're absolutely Peyton's such a right. star. Yeah, he is. I, I, I still, I know I keep saying this, but the current uh, insurance commercials he's doing, I just sort of feel like that the, with Brad Paisley. It's a waste of his talent. I just feel like, yeah, they've gone too far. I'm yeah, he's sick a talented of guy. I blame the writing. Yeah, me too. Uh, what is this? Uh, uh, two gross energy drinks. <laughs> sue the shit out of each other oh, that's yeah. your headline I that's assume. my headline that's that, not the la times headline uh, no that was not the la times headline monster energy drink i'm sorry excuse me monster energy drink maker expands lawsuit against rival bang bang <laughs> monster sues bang and then you'll be happy to know bang then sued monster this is just like this i just thought it was funny because these are two like disgusting energy drinks and i know you know whatever not like i've never had one but you know they're disgusting um they uh monster is the sector's biggest player probably along with red bull um they sued vital pharmaceuticals inc which i have a hard time believing they're actually pharmaceuticals which makes bang um because of their quote flagrant consumer deception and systematic anti-competitive business practices the lawsuit stuff is kind of boring it's just like you know industry you said you said this, but it's actually that, you know, it's sort of like a, a microcosm version of the Bud Light thing, I think. But then Vital sued Monster claiming trademark infringement, to which Monster responded by saying that the complaint was an attempt to shift attention from their suit against uh. Vital. Um, uh, oh, this is funny. Um, in its latest suit, Monster alleges that Bang's main pitch to consumers that the, drink, the drinks has a super creatine compound is a hoax. Um, so it's just like I mean you know I just love the idea of these two gross energy drinks duking it out in the law, in the courts. I um I thought that I had seen something recently with somebody with a Monster Energy drink tattoo. <laughs> like I hate the Monster God Energy bless. logo so much, and so very quickly while you were talking, I looked up Monster Energy drink tattoo, and there's a subreddit or there's I guess the subreddit is Ask Reddit, and the question posted in 2015. 
um, by somebody who has since deleted their account is people who have monster energy tattoos. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't look like anybody with a monster energy tattoo actually. Um, here, as a tattoo artist in the Midwest, I have tried to talk too many people out of this tattoo. In my career, I have done at least 20 monster tattoos and numerous baby name neck tattoos. Um, logos, bone collector logos. At one point, I did a real tree camouflage half sleeve. Anyway. Um, now yeah. you're just reading someone's Reddit yeah, post. Yeah, now I don't understand it anymore. But, like, yeah, there is something there. A lot of people, look at the Google image search that comes up when you type in monster energy tattoo. One person, and this is fake, has it tattooed on their face below their lips. So it almost looks like a weird, gross, like. It makes him look like Rick from Rick and Morty. Oh, it's so gross. Okay. Um, yeah, that is a nasty energy. Do we have any more in here? I think we nailed them. I think we got them. Is that it? That's right. right. Well, I'm glad I was able to power out with some unrelated and unrelatable <laughs> content about monster energy tattoos. But I guess I'll ask our audience if anybody out there has a monster energy drink tattoo. Oh my God, imagine Write being... in and just tell us why you decided to get that. Please do. I would love it if one of our listeners had a monster energy drink tattoo. I feel like the Venn diagram of people who have that tattoo and listeners of our show are two circles that are so far away. Yeah. It's they like... Just, yeah, they don't even... They're not even aware of each other. <laughs> right? It's Pluto and the sun. Yeah. They're pretty far away, right? Well, Pluto does revolve around the sun. But, but let's not it, get too far it, into <laughs> astronomy. That's well out of our depth. Yeah, let's stick to what we know. The law. Yeah. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind you know, I jumped right to Ad Council, but you had a commercials in the news. Do you want to do it now, or should we stick? Uh, How are we do on it time? Next week? We're about about an hour, fifty-five minutes into this. All right, let's save commercials in the news. It'll keep okay. for another week. Okay, cool. Um, by the way, it, let's do a quick tease of it. It's a, a, a Tom Hiddleston commercial, and you were telling me about it, and it. Uh, kind of amazed you yeah. and by the way i have purposely not watched it i okay. want to watch it on the show with you so we'll do that next week okay, okay yeah it generated a lot of um fun headlines like there's no good reason for this tom hiddleston commercial to be this creepy <laughs> and you were pretty blown away by it so okay that's for next week uh now uh, talking about the ad council we had a competition for somebody to come up with a slogan for our show after these messages we had what we thought was a clear winner. Chris wrote in with hot, or called in with hot takes on commercial breaks. We loved it. We were ready to crown the champion until Simon called in the next week with the podcast that's so ad it's good. And it won me over. And I think I kind of lean towards that one. You kind of lean towards hot takes and commercial breaks, but we love them both. We do love them both, right? You don't I, love them both. <gasps> I, after a week of sitting with it, I am, I'll just say it, I can't live without hot takes on commercial breaks. You can't live without it. If living is without them, I can't. Well, Dorothy says, can you use both? One at the beginning of the show, maybe, and one at the end? Isn't that what Andrew split, and Hannah do the on baby? Spotless? Because uh, we do have a couple of unofficial logos that we mentioned at the beginning and end, but they're pre-recorded. Uh, I would think hot takes at the beginning of the show and the podcast that's so at its good at the end. I don't know. How would you feel about having like kind of casually two 
because you could you you can still stay alive. You don't have to live without the one, but we can kind of in various because I don't even, we haven't really talked about when we use this. No, we haven't gotten farther than arguing over. <laughs> I mean, I assume that like if we ever have a poster or right. which I have no plans of making a poster, but maybe we could work it into the show. Yeah, certainly well, I we wanted... need some new show art, by the way, for like iTunes and stuff. So like yeah, that would do. be good. And so this will be actually part of. And that. I was hoping we could get like maybe some of our friend, one of our friends who does kind of like voiceover type of stuff to do like a fun kind of like we have a fun commercials in the news mm-hmm. uh, little drop there. Like I was hoping we could get like someone to do a fun take on our on whatever tagline we select. Um, Visually speaking, like if you were um, if you were scrolling through iTunes and you saw and you weren't familiar with our thing and right. you saw uh, a little you know square that said after these messages the podcast that's so ad it's good doesn't that seem better than hot takes on commercial breaks? No, because the podcast that's so ad it's good doesn't really I don't feel like I know what it's telling me it's about mm-hmm. it's not just it it's it's a good play on words if you know the show but if I'm scrolling through um you know iTunes or whatever the podcast that's so ad it's good doesn't tell me enough hot takes on commercial breaks tells me that's literally what we do Visually, I think that hot takes on commercial breaks, which I love, by the way. I'm not trying to run either one of these down. I really do like them both. I'm just conflicted. But what is that? um, There's like a font generator thing that was going around for a while. It was kind of like a, 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 it's like this very 90s kind of look with the three different fonts. You know what I'm talking about? That's what I love about it, that it feels very like, um, like, you know, like rock and roll radio station. Like, like with neon yes. kind of like, and, and I guess it's what eight, I'm thinking. It's not even 90s, it's like 80s. 80s. And so when I think about it visually, I'm kind of like, well, that's It's not, a Def Leppard t-shirt waiting to happen. Right. And I guess, and see, this is maybe where things are breaking down or I'm overthinking it. Like now that I'm thinking about it in that way, like that's not an image that I would want to associate with our show. Like I don't want I don't want this slogan to lead us in a kind of visual realm that well, I, think I don't we think can, is good. I think we can do with work it with what we can work that out. Although I don't see what's so bad about like a little bit of a throwback. Well, I don't know what to do. I, I think that we either. I think we really I think disagree we've here. An impasse. And um, are you seriously committed to the podcast that's so at its good? I think I feel similarly to that as you do the Chris one. Like I don't want to. I can't. I don't want to give that one up. I don't. I can't throw that back in the water and let somebody else take it or catch it <laughs> or whatever. All right, let's keep okay. thinking about it. Right. I need more people to weigh in on this. Let's check in with uh, Ben in Braintree. Boy, by the way. How do you think Chris and Simon are feeling right now? I don't know. What do you think it's like for them to listen to this conversation? Probably weird. Could do you think they live in the same town? If they're both, oh no no no, because uh, Simon is this a trial by combat situation? <laughs> That's been outlawed in the Seven Kingdoms. That you know? wasn't where I was going with it. Um, but I was just going to say it would be funny. Like I w- if they were both in this area, I would legitimately like, yes. like the four of us could go like sit down. And, like, talk, like, <laughs> okay, okay, guys, what are we going to do? Here? I'm willing to sit down with you off air and and figure out a a dual role for these two great slogans. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. But Chris and Simon, again, kudos to you both because yes. they are both lovely and they are really there good. is not one that I don't like. I don't want, just because I am because I I am leaning a little bit more towards so at its. Good does not mean that I don't love hot takes on commercial breaks. Yeah, I, want to make I, I do like them clear. both too. Yeah. I just, I sincerely love, I think about hot takes on commercial breaks 
all the time now. You think more about cultural norms and commercial forms. That is a, obviously <laughs> very special, but just to me personally. Do you think without cultural norms and commercial forms, without that, do you love hot takes on yes. commercial breaks as much? I yeah. do. I yeah. do. Yeah. No, I, when I do I, too. I hot, do too. Breaks on, hot takes on commercial breaks is, it's so perfect. I love the rhythm of it. It's descriptive. It has all the pieces and I, I, I also like the phrase hot take. I yes. just enjoy it. That was one other thing I was sort of thinking about, not to belabor this even more, but I also think that hot take is a word that, or like a phrase that is like very now. Yeah. Like well, people started, I mean, I know it's always been around and Luke and I not uh, always. would say it, well, it wasn't in, in commercial radio talk. Like Luke and I used to make oh, really? fun of hot takes all yeah. the time because people were like, well, what's your hot take on it, right? But then Now it's always then, slightly ironic. It's a little bit, yeah, it's less industry talk and it's more like people talk about it. On the, sh- on the um, sports radio show I was listening today, Tom and Bob were arguing about whether Tom's take was truly hot or if it was a cold take. And I do think that it's, I get a little bit worried locking into something that sounds very 2018, 2019 when, you know, time marches on. But maybe that's when... It becomes cool again. Or I was going to say I that's when I can tell you, we... I've been a hot take machine my whole life, and that's never going to stop. Okay. Let's move on. That was self-deprecating. What do you mean? I thought you were you're a hot take machine? Yeah, like I've always been sort of a fly out, like shoot from the hip, have a hot take on something that's Is that self-deprecating? ill-informed. Um, okay, anyway, uh, I did want to share this with you. I got to say, this is an email from Ben and Braintree. That must be Mass, right? I Braintree, assume. Yeah. I don't know another Braintree. He is looking for something that he heard years and years ago on the radio. And it is so hard to find radio commercials, even now. Yeah, like, there was even a li- current ones. There's a little clip that I wanted to pull as a drop of something I heard on our local station over and over. And I had to record... I just pulled up the live stream on my computer and hit record before you and I left for an afternoon. I came back later and listened to five hours. of I didn't listen to all five hours. You can see where the commercial breaks are. And I had to go digging to find a specific radio commercial because they're just not archived like TV commercials are. Um, But Ben is hoping for some help here. He says, back when I was in college in Michigan, there were ads playing on the radio for MGM Grand Casino in Detroit. And they would be advertising all the money you could save booking packages for stays and shows and etc. And their mascot was the Wizard of Savings. All that's fine, he says, until you combine the name of the casino with the mascot. You're getting there. I'm You're getting, doing the math. I'm getting it. And your radio ad includes the phrase, the MGM Grand Wizard of Savings. Oh, no. Which, yeah, you probably don't want Grand Wizard in your marketing material. In Detroit, one of the blackest <laughs> cities in America. I remember hearing this ad on the radio for a few weeks in 2005 in southeast Michigan and thinking, whew, someone should have run that by some non-white people. Then the MGM Grand Wizard vanished from the radio waves, never to be heard from again. I tried finding a clip to send to you, but not only can I not find a clip, I can find no mention of the MGM Grand yeah, Wizard of Savings Someone's anywhere. been hard at work scrubbing that. <laughs> and now I feel like I might have just made it up. So if either of you can find these ads with your superior searching skills, mm, have we met? Uh, they might make for some funny audio, or you can put a call out to the council to see if anyone else remembers these ads. So... 
it's a long shot, but if we have any listeners in the Detroit area who are living there in the you know mid two thousands, at least you, you, Ben would probably like it even if one person just said yeah, yeah, just like you're not crazy, you're not crazy. I heard them too. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? God, I did do a I did a cursory search for it, but nothing was uh, popping up. Well, thank you. That's it's uh awfulsome to think about yeah that's great um and then i just wanted to share one more with you here this is from listener richard i I talked about this at the beginning of the show he says last saturday i heard a song on the radio while taking a bath that sounds nice he was listening to kcrw (laughs) yes um kcrw mid-afternoon so you get it uh kcrw a uh mixed format they play a lot of uh music down in la i used to work there uh, he says, I was immediately into the song that came on. After tracking down the song today and replaying it a few times, it occurred to me, this song will be in a TV spot within the next year. My best guess is black and white film, sweating people, maybe Nike, all kinds of people striving yet seeking balance, probably with a social consciousness angle. The name of the song is In Search of Balance, and hopefully I'm pronouncing It does sound this. like a shoe. Yeah, commercial new balance in search, in of, search new of new balance, balance. <laughs> <laughs> and the artist is reginald omas mamodi the fourth if i'm pronouncing that correctly which there's a very real chance that i messed up at least one of those names my apologies let's take a listen to this and it does take a little while to kind of get to the part that i think might be used in a commercial i'd like to know your honest feelings about this Veeves, if you can hear this up kind of more around here well you can always edit a, sh- a song yeah. so that the, if, is there a beat that's going to drop at any no, point no i think this is about oh, okay. where i can sort of see it. I, I, i'm a little on the edge with this if there had been like more of if there had been like a an up-tempo part where like a beat had dropped mm-hmm. i would say this would be a great uh, levi's ad music oh yeah but i could sort of see now that we're into actually this, even without it i could see yeah. levi's using this I can sort, especially with the specific lyrics, find the balance in life. Like I can see it. It took me a while yeah. to convince me. Or like it wasn't a, like a home or like an art, like a water, you know, mm. like a fancy water. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Although I do kind of agree um, that it, it does. Well, Richard got in my head clearly. I can really sort of see like gritty black and white close-ups of tennis shoes making a sharp. It's turn not. Somewhere. It's not percussive enough to yeah. me to ever be a shoe ad. I think yeah. water. I think um, denim. I think um, 
like potentially like some some sort of like new economy kind of stuff like disrupting people somebody who's mm. disrupting i don't know bed sheets diaphragms whatever oh like i bought it diaphragms were too expensive so i bought a so i bought a factory, factory in germany exactly in germany. i you know we were playing that game the other day uh the diaphragms kit pat like yeah. if we have kids under listeners under like 30 they probably don't know what that <laughs> right, is right right um, I heard another kind of disruptory commercial that followed the same exact pattern as, as the ones we were talking about the other day, and it's a, some sort of new insurance model. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure the guy pitching it was like Southeast Asian. So if we were playing our bingo game, yeah, it finally, wa- it white guy, it wasn't two white bros talking to the nice. thing. It was the guy who was like, "I bought an insurance." Insurance probably in like, Germany. "What the hell? We already disrupted insurance, yeah, right? Haven't you seen the Talking Babies? Come on!" No, that's E Trade. <laughs> oh, that's E Trade. Sorry, I get them all confused. E Trade. Insurance is John Krasinski. Insurance. Email, email, yeah. They've they've got mail that's electronic. iPods, <laughs> zip drive, zip <laughs> floppy disks, power gloves. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell. Well, that was fun. All right, that was fun. Thank you for putting all that together. That was really interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry there weren't too many commercials this week, but I like this kind of like little walk down memory lane or learning about the history of something is always interesting to me. It gives me an excuse to read a bunch of fun articles and then quote the juiciest bits to you all. Yeah, and I actually, as somebody who was more of an observer than a participant, I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> well, good. So, Hopefully yeah. that mirrors the listener's experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if you want to get at us to tell us what you thought either way, you can find us on the Facebook group uh, after these messages show uh, group on Facebook you can email us at after these messages show at gmail you can always call us at 607-444-5597 let's get some let's get some way people weighing in on the taglines here because clearly it is it is down to a battle royale, which is not how we intended it. Unless you just want to hear the same conversation. I know, right? Me and these at the end no, of we'll, every show. We'll, we won't have. We'll make a decision. All right. So of some of some kind. That's it uh, for today. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. And uh, please remember, this is the show that's so and it's good. We got our hot takes <laughs> on commercial breaks. <laughs> Uh, Red Octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband, my eyes all droopy. I've gooey foodies, zoobies in my poop.